This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.20, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today, the 20th of September. And joining us live right now, we have County Commissioner Craig Harris of District 15. Commissioner Harris, how are you this morning? Doing good, Scott. Have a good morning. So what, I guess starting out this morning, what areas does District 15 serve for those listening? Uh, we're mostly in the area where Middle Tennessee Christian School is and the airport. And we go down to Compton, which is right across the street from the VA and Siegel area. So an area definitely with a whole lot of growth. And I mean, gosh, that area has seen, well, just like South Church Street, the side out there towards Barfield, it's seen so much growth over the years. Everything from, well, you have a new Walmart store, there's a Publix out there and on and on and on. Yeah, we, um, you know, we had redistricting. So we went from uh, 12,300 in uh, 2010, and I think uh, we were, uh, with redistricting, we topped out at 16,500. And again, uh, Craig Harris is with us this morning live, and he is the County Commissioner for Rutherford County, District 15. What kind of changes have we seen, I guess most recently, with the most recent election, and what will this equal within the county commission? Well, you know, of course, our growth has just been unbelievable. And, you know, if you ask any commissioner or any politician in local politics, they're always going to say growth because we went, you know, all the way up to, I think we're at 350,000 people in the county. So with growth causes a lot of problems. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest concerns I have is uh, we're growing about – 1,000 to 1,100 students per year. So when you have that much growth, then you know we have to build more schools, more people, more benefits, and it just increases. You know, luckily we ain't, we have not had to raise property taxes. Uh, the second thing that we're dealing with, uh, Scott, is uh, this landfill. It's a complete disaster. The landfill is, you know, one of those areas of subject that a lot of people have talked about for a lot of years. And if you live in Walter Hill, for example, you smell the landfill on a regular basis. And that that smell, depending on which way the wind's blowing, it definitely comes in to the city limits of Murfreesboro as well. So this is an issue that a lot of people, not only in the county, but the city are all facing. And then when it comes to dumping trash, that's a whole nother issue because we benefited for so many years of having the landfill, both city and county, but now we're at the end of the life of the landfill. Yeah, and then, and, uh, you know, I live in Marabella subdivision, and we're probably about three or four miles away, and it absolutely hits us sometimes. And, and you know, that's the only complaints I've had as a county commissioner is uh, concerning the landfill. And uh, it is a problem, and... Um, we're having to deal with it. I think as being on public works, I'm on the public work committee the last four years, and we are really looking at other ways and anybody's ways to deal with our landfill. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we've had free trash for, you know, since the 90s, and uh, I believe that's going to end. 
And in years past, I know there was talks and I believe there were uh, a lot of people who brought this forward at the state level talking about some nuclear type waste that was being dumped there. Yeah, I think that was, uh, I don't know, uh, Watchdog Group said that uh, there was some light nuclear waste dropped. Uh, we had confronted uh, Republic about that, and what they said was it was uh, it was uh, a very minimum amount that was uh, you know it, it could you know it was approved by the by the state or it you know regulated by the state, and it was underneath the, the requirements. So I don't really know a lot about that, Scott. I know I looked into it, and and Republic did address it, and you know we went to TDAC on that, and TDAC. Uh, pretty much, you know, said it was within the limits of what they said. Now, previous to Joe Carr taking that seat of county mayor, former mayor Bill Ketrin had worked with and talked to multiple companies out there, uh, you know, as far away as California to nearby Georgia to implement some type of recycling mechanism that would help, hopefully, end some of the trash, some of the waste going to the landfill, and instead those items being recycled. And I believe a deal was even close to being inked, if not inked, that would allow for recycling and a company out of Dalton, Georgia, to come into Murfreesboro and to start recycling goods. Whatever happened with that, and are we going to see that move forward with the new county mayor? Well, right before... uh uh, Mayor Ketron had uh, stepped down. We uh, we made a letter of intent to bring in to talk and begin those negotiations with Pratt Industries. They are a recycling company, one of the largest, and like you said, they're out of Georgia and they want to come here. And I think that that would be a big move for us. It's something I support and something I think we need, and and help us with our recyclables and. Uh, it also, it'll bring income. Uh, we the deal that we're looking at will uh, give us some revenue from their sales from their uh, recyclables. Uh, I've always thought, Scott, that we should be in recycling more. I think we should have a uh, MRF here, uh, which would be where we uh, uh, sort the trash. You know, get the recyclables out. Um, you know, the thing about going green and, and you know, you hear that word a lot, where we don't have any trash that goes to the landfill. Scott, though, it's just, we just can't, you know, get there. We're going to always, at the very best we could do, Scott, is about 70%. So you're looking at 30%. It's got to go to a landfill. And we had to have a landfill somewhere. So that's the problem that we're facing right now. Again, we're talking with Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris this morning about one of the issues being the landfill. And this issue of the landfill, like I said, it's been talked about for many years. And the idea of more recycling is one of those ideas that a lot of people have discussed. Another idea is not to allow the landfill to accept trash from outlying areas, such as Nashville bringing trash into this area. But I I believe there's only so much of that we can actually stop. Uh, Otherwise, it kind of... impedes on the actual business of the landfill yeah and that's true they're uh i mean scott they're in the business to make money i mean you know that but one of the things uh when uh republic had uh asked me 
what some of the things that I want to see as far as what kind of deal or what not deal, but what what are you looking at, Commissioner Harris, as far as you know coming up with a solution to this problem? And I said the number one thing is you cannot take any more trash from Nashville. And that's 70, I think 71 to 72% of all the trash coming in here is from Davidson County. So I told them that that's got to happen. That, that can uh, continue. And then one of the other things I wanted them to do is take over our county landfill. And I think that, you know, the county landfill is a liability, and they're willing to do that. Of course, you know, they're not wanting that for free. They're wanting that space. So one of the things we want to do, you know, clean up our roads, you know, work on these violations of smell, you know, do these things, education. There were so many things that we threw at them, and, and they're wanting to, to work with us in some capacity. However, you know, they just keep shooting herself in the foot, and, and you know, it's just getting the, – the line is getting wider and wider. And I think, you know, making a deal with Republicans is coming to a point where I just don't see it. Again, we're talking with Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris. Now, going back to the idea of Pratt Recycling, a company based out of Conyers, Georgia, coming into Murfreesboro, this would be a public-private partnership, according to Mayor Ketrin, who, well, he's no longer mayor. Now we have Joe Carr as mayor because of the election recently. But this would be a public-private partnership known as a P3 with Rutherford County, is it still going to occur the same way that Mayor Ketron was talking about, where they actually build on a piece of land on Florence Road and then they have the CSX rail line right behind them? Is that still going to occur? Well, you know, like I said, we signed a letter of intent, so we're going to negotiate. I will back it uh, 100%, Scott. I think it's a good move for us. I think it's... Uh, it's something that uh, can be beneficial to Rutherford County. You know, anytime we can, can you know, shrinking our, our footprint is, is a good thing. Uh, I know that the county commission is, is focused on making this happen. Uh, as far as uh, uh, car, uh, Joe Carr goes, I don't necessarily know where his intentions are on it, but it comes down to what the commission wants to do. And, and you know, they're the one that makes the vote on this. And I, and I think that most of us are very uh, supportive of this uh, uh, merger. I'm not, uh, when I say merger, a P3. Uh, yeah, and the P3, that, that whole thought of that, I guess that was originally worked out between the former mayor and, of course, Pratt Recycling. And Pratt Recycling obviously liked the idea, and they were proposing – hey, we build a multi-million dollar recycling plant right there in the area of Florence Road. Any idea on how many jobs that this would create? No, uh, Scott, I really don't know. I know it, it will create some jobs, but I don't know the exact amount. It depends how big of a facility. I mean, they, they had offered us certain sizes, you know, where we start, you know, small and then have the capacity to get larger. So I really don't know. I think, you know, I'm thinking it's in the 20s and 30s. But, you know, I don't really want to give you a, you know, I'm not set on that. Gotcha. Again, this morning, we're talking with Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris. Now, going back to the schools, I, I know we are seeing an increase of students by, you know, 1,100 or more students per year. And that number, I have a feeling, is only going to grow as Rutherford County grows. Are we prepared for this continued growth? Well, you know, Scott, one thing that I'm concerned with is land. 
I mean, you got to have land to build these schools on. And, you know, we're running to a point to where we're having a hard time finding, you know, land to build schools. And, yes, it, it's just going to get more and more. I mean, me and you, I'm pretty sure we know that. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I think people don't understand is, you know, usually the average for a, a family of, you know, a husband and wife, and, and you know, I think we average uh, – I think we average 2.3 kids is what I'm thinking. You know, that could be lower now, but I think I'm right at it. And if you take that 2.3 kids, you know, and it costs 8600 per kid to go to school per year, uh, the, city, the state pays 64%, 65% of that. That's 35% of that we got to pay. So you got two kids, and the average uh, property tax is thirteen to fourteen hundred dollars. You see where we're just completely—it's just not, you know, it's not coming out. Those dollars are just not enough to take care of that and all the other things that we need. I do see growth uh, just being uh, growing and growing, Scotts. Yes, I am concerned about that. And here in Rutherford County, I know a couple of years back, at least the first time I've ever heard this from Rutherford County Schools, they were actually asking for those who had property in the Blackman area, if they're interested in selling, to let the school system know, to call the school system. I mean, they were very actively searching and still are for more property to build on for new schools. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's uh, ridiculous. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, and soon as somebody hears that we're considering putting in a school somewhere, people just jump on and try to buy that, you know, that land, and then it increases 20%. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. You know, you just can't go out and buy, you know, a lot like everybody else does. You've got to buy a substantial amount of acreage. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're struggling with that. We're having a hard time. We most recently saw with the development of Rockville High School and as you know, it opened pretty much at capacity uh, for the number of students. But after that was built, immediately developers started building more neighborhoods in that area of Rockville. And there are literally neighborhoods going up left and right out Highway 99 and 231 South. So that being said, every time a new school is built, there are going to be multiple new neighborhoods being built as well. So that even adds to that growth. Yeah, I mean, if, if you know, if developers, you know, find out that we're in negotiations, which, you know, because of um, um, laws, we had to, to let people know that we were looking at land or, or wanting to make a letter of intent. And, you know, and Scott, when developers find that out, that's prime time real estate. You know, that's, you get, you build next to a school, that's just, you know, great for neighborhood and, and they drive the prices up. And, and that's one of the things, you know, we'll go in and, and look at, say, a million dollars, and then by the time it's done, it's $1.2 million. So, yeah, that's, that's some of the things that I get frustrated with, but, you know, that is how it is. So there's not much we can do about that. And, again, talking with Commissioner Harris this morning of the Rutherford County Commission, changing subjects just a little bit. I know Rutherford County recently introduced a new task force to kind of crack down and educate all the residents here about the opiate epidemic that we're seeing. And this is an epidemic that is far and wide. It hit 
it has hit communities all over the nation, but Rutherford County being one of those areas hit with the opiate crisis. Uh, what is being done about that with this new task force that focuses on educating the public even more? Well, when uh, Mayor Ketron was when uh, Mayor Ketron was uh, mayor, he I came to him and I said, "Look, we got a serious problem here, and you know I need help." And he said, "Well, let's form a task force, and you run it, and uh, let's do what we can." And we we went into this with the mindset of we have got to do three things: we had to bring awareness, education, and recovery to Rutherford County. So, and we had put billboards up, you know, I had, uh, uh, made a, uh, a deal with, um, uh, Bill Spurlock, the, the school superintendent to do a pilot program to put, uh, a real comprehensive drug program into our schools. And, uh, that's going to be rolling in this year, which I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of, but Scott, we just ain't, we just ain't, uh, done enough or put a, a, a you know, any type of, a, you know, a, a build a wall, you know, we're hitting a wall and, and I'm frustrated, but what happened, uh, we got, uh, when we came in, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, Scott, I apologize. Oh, it's uh, fine. There's a lot of issues to talk about for sure. So no, no big deal there. But, well, one of the things, you know, we, we had 130 deaths last year. We had 47 suicides, and we had over 800 overdose calls. And that number is right now going to be surpassed. So, you know, we're really not getting to where I would like to get to. But, you know, we're going to continue to work. And four years ago, uh, me, and Mr., me and Bayer Ketron sat down, and we had a lawsuit against pharmaceutical companies. And... We wanted to go on our own. We didn't want to go into a class action lawsuit with the state. We wanted to do, you know, go in our own because, like, you remember, Scott, when the tobacco uh, settlement came down, you really couldn't do what you wanted to do. You had to go through all these guidelines with the state. And so we wanted to be able to do what we want with the proceeds. And we ended up uh, winning that lawsuit. However, for us to, to settle, we had to, to partnership with the state, but we get 25% of that money to do whatever we want to do, and then the other 75% goes into abatement, which all the guidelines that the state has actually, you know, is coincides with, with our goals, and I think it's going to be a great thing. We will get uh, $550 plus thousand dollars a year for the next 18 years. And uh, I formed a committee, which is going to be over those proceeds. So we're going to be seeing how can we help Rutherford County, you know, with these funds and to, and to further our fight against this. You know, for instance, uh, Recovery Court. Scott, it's very successful. And, you know, we have over 100 people waiting to get in there. And some things we can do is use this money to hire more caseworkers, you know, so that we can get more people. And, you know, we're looking at, you know, drug awareness, you know, we're, you know, just like your, your uh, radio station, Scott. We took some of that money and, and, you know, signed a contract with WGNS to get our message out there, which I think is going to be very effective as well. And again, we're talking with Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris. And uh, once more, one of the items that we're talking about is the opiate crisis and how Rutherford County now has funds to 
further educate the public in a much larger way about this ongoing problem of opiate abuse. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here looking at a map of all the opiate overdose deaths in Tennessee and looking at specifically Rutherford County. Now, this is a map from a year and a half ago because it's one of the most or the more recent maps released by the state at the state level. And Rutherford County is one of those counties where we saw or we have been seeing an increase in opiate overdose deaths. And, uh, you know, only a few, only a very small handful of counties actually saw a decrease of deaths. But, you know, we're one of those counties that has seen a fairly large increase in opiate deaths since 2018. I mean, those numbers have risen every single year by at least 10 to 20 more deaths per year. That, that's a serious problem. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of, the, you know, I told you we had 130 deaths. And, you know, those numbers somewhat are misleading because, you know, based on how uh, the health department and CDC do uh, statistics, if somebody ODs in Murfreesboro and we transport them to Nashville and they die, then Nashville's numbers will reflect that death. So we've had over probably 35 of those. So it's a lot more than what, you know, uh, people think it is. And, and Scott, you know, we just, it just, you know, that number just continues to grow. And, you know, and if you look at it, not only, you know, the emotional part of it, of losing a life and, and the pain and the agony that this, you know, epidemic, um, can, you know, brings to the table, then let's just look at it as, as, you know, people who really don't care, but look at it financially. I mean, our jails are 70% drug-related offenses, you know, and you're paying $65 a day for a prisoner uh, to be in jail every day. And then the loss of labor, the the, the crime, you know, the loss of goods, and, and it's just, you know, people just don't understand. This is, there's, the storm is not coming, Scott. The storm is already here. Again, Commissioner Craig Harris, and I know we're almost out of time. We have another guest coming in here shortly, but as we wrap it up this morning and in looking at these number of opiate overdose deaths in Tennessee there are a few counties that have been able to actually decrease their numbers each year is the task force that was just formed in Rutherford County are the members of this task force talking to some of these other counties where they have been able to decrease that number for example Knox County they've seen a decrease in the number of opiate overdose deaths. So are we talking to these other counties to find out what they're doing differently? Yeah, Scott, we're in the infancy of, of our uh, uh, committee. We just started uh, working. We're trying to get the parameters. We're trying to get our mission statements. We're trying to get things, you know, right now getting ready for us to start taking uh, grant requests. Scott, I'll talk to Santa Claus if we can find a way to do this better. Um, I absolutely will to reach out to Knox County. I'll reach out to anyone, especially working with our organizations in um, uh, around Nashville, like Rutherford Coalition, uh, ran by Sarah Murphy. There's so many people that we're going to talk to and so many people that we're going to bring to the table and to get advice from. I mean, Scott, I know I'm the face of this, and, you know, and everybody talks about, you know, this literally is the biggest thing that's about all he's known as. Hey, Scott, I wear that badge with honor. You know, I, I came into to politics to address this problem, and 
it's the number one concern to me, and, and I want to do what we can to save Rutherford County lives. And if talking to someone does that, absolutely, Scott. And I think, you know, we're doing some good things. You know, we just started a task force at the uh, Sheriff's Department. You know, we're going to be more, um, uh, you know, more school and education. We're going to bring more awareness. I, I think we're on the right path. But you also got to know when you're growing like us, you know, those numbers do tend to go up. Again, we've been talking with Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris. And, Craig, I will set up another time to get you back on the air with us for the full show. And uh, we'll talk more about this in depth in the near future. And I look forward to it and look forward to educating the audience a little bit more about how big of a problem opiates really are in our community. And also touching base again on the landfill and just the growth in the county school system. But uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Scott, I'm honored and I appreciate it. And, you know, a big part of uh, my plan and uh, trying to be a better county commissioner, and I'm also chairman of steering, is to, to form relationships and to get our message out. And WGNS will be a big part of that. And, you know, I want to thank you, too, and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again on the air very soon. Thank you, Scott. Have a great day. You, too. Time right now, 845. You're listening to WGNS. Coming up next in just a little while, in the second half of our program, we'll be talking with folks from Magnolia Medical. And uh, that comes your way right after this short break. And during this break, we'll take a look at that forecast again and find out how traffic is doing in Rutherford County. Stay with us. Time right now, 845. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. I'm out of Florence West. I like Adam's Place because you get friendly with everybody. They give you too much food and help you too much. Are you saying Adam's Place has spoiled you? Yes, sir real big and I tell them that too they've got me rotten I would encourage anyone to come to Adams Place I'm Terry Deal call me for more information about Adams Place located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard across from Walmart 
Good morning. We've still got some heavy traffic volume trying to get up through the Hickory Hollow area right now on 24 westbound. Coming out of Rutherford County through Davidson. Same goes for 65 out of Murray County into Williamson there at uh, 840 around the Spring Hill area. Give yourself extra time. Lots of radar down through parts of Wilson County this morning. Ober Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge celebrating Oktoberfest. Check out all the details today at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All sports talk. Weekdays at 5. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Hi, I'm Larry Castelli, and I love living at Adams Place. It's very friendly. Everyone here seems to want to make friends and be your friend. And the staff is fabulous. Betsy, who is the director of activities, is fabulous. And she's always having something going on. We have music at least once a week, wine and cheese, and there's all sorts of different type of activities. I would highly recommend Adam's Place. CBS News Brief. Hurricane Fiona is now lashing the Caribbean as a Category 3 storm. Ruth Santiago lives in Puerto Rico and says Fiona's been brutal. There's been an immense amount of rain. Many communities have been flooded especially here in southeastern Puerto Rico. Generally, all the kinds of damage associated with flooding. Millions still don't have power. President Biden will be in New York tomorrow for a U.N. meeting where leaders are gathering for the first time in three years. CBS's Bradley Blackburn. Leaders are coming to the U.N. to face a host of challenges, from the pandemic's global effects to the ongoing war in Ukraine to climate change. The CDC says maternity mortality can be avoided. CBS's Vicki Barker. A study of more than a thousand pregnancy-related deaths between 2017 and 2019 has found 84 percent of them could have been prevented. Well, most with so-called reasonable changes. CBS News Brief, I'm Monica Ricks. There is an underground civilization underneath of the North American continent. It's coast-to-coast AM overnight, every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. Are you tired of constantly spending money on sprays and other things to control mosquitoes around your home? If so, come by Holden Hardware and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. When used properly, the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators will kill mosquitoes. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. This year, make mosquito control easier and cheaper. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.51, you're tuned to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning. And now joining us in studio from Magnolia Medical, we have David Morris. And 
How are you this morning? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you, Scott? I'm good. So tell us a little bit about Magnolia Medical and, and what goes on there. We are uh, probably Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee's largest natural healthcare clinic. Our goal is to help people without drugs and surgery. So we have a medical director, we have three nurse practitioners, a physician's assistant, chiropractor. Our goal is to help people avoid drugs and surgery. We have a big opioid problem in this country and uh, we're trying to help people avoid those types of situations. You know, it's interesting because during the first half of the program, we had one of our county commissioners on the air that he was talking about how the county has just formed a, a brand new opiate task force, if you would, where they're focusing on educating the public about opiate abuse and the overdose deaths that come with it. And of course, this is a growing problem. So how are some of the ways that Magnolia Medical is focusing on helping people with things like pain without using opiates? There are lots of modalities that are available to help people without pain. The problem is that 80% of opioid addicts w uh, start with a prescription and uh, from a doctor. And that's not to say the doctors are bad. There are definitely, there's lots of information out there about the education that was put on by these pharmaceutical companies that said, hey, listen, these drugs are safe and come to find out that that uh, information was falsified. But there are modalities that can really help the body heal and repair. We know that, you know, God made our body with the ability to repair itself. And if given the opportunity, it will do so. So there's lots of different things that we do to make that happen. And we're really good at it. You know, there are certainly situations that do require a surgery. But uh, if somebody can avoid that and avoid the medications, that's what our goal is. Again, David Morris with us on the second half of the program with Magnolia Medical. And obviously, there are certain cases where real pain medication is needed, and there are some folks who absolutely have to have it, depending on what may be going on in their body, what types of surgery they may have had, or maybe those who have cancer. I mean, there's just a lot of different issues out there. So are there still ways, though? to avoid using these types of medications? In most situations, there are. There, in, in most situations, the body can repair itself. You have to give the body the tools to make that happen. A lot of, you know, if you ask a thousand people if they think something's wrong with our medical system, you'll get a thousand people that say, absolutely, our system's broken. The truth of the matter is our system does exactly what it's designed to do, which is manage disease and acute problems, which in the acute situation, we're very good at managing disease. The statistics are pretty horrible because we kind of discount now that our body has an ability to repair. Uh, we get people that come to see us and they're trying to avoid a knee replacement or a shoulder replacement or avoid a back surgery or they have neuropathy and neuropathy is a big one. They're told right and left that there's nothing that can be done about it. And we have about a 85 to 90% success rate in significantly reducing symptoms from neuropathy. And we're able to help people avoid knee replacements and back surgeries in, in a lot of cases, not all cases, but in a lot of cases, we're able to help people avoid those types of things. And how often does a patient come to you and they say, you know, I've gone this route and the pain continues and, and, you know, maybe they say, I'm a little worried about getting off this pain medication and switching over to trying a different route. How do you get them, first of all, off the pain medication and then on to that new journey? Well, if they're on a, 
on an opioid, getting them off an opioid can certainly be challenging depending on how long they've been on it. Uh, for other types of pain medications, it's not usually that difficult to get somebody off of those things, but they do need to have some confidence that they're going to get relief. So when we start showing them that they can get relief and they become less dependent on those pain medications for sure. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's everybody's different and every situation is unique. So we look at the, at the person as an individual and they're definitely not a number to us. We treat them like our family and tr come up with a treatment plan that is going to help solve the problem to the best of our ability. And again, most of the time we're pretty successful at it. Now, when it comes to neuropathy, when it comes to that numbness, that tingling that may be in, I don't know, your hands, your feet, wherever it may be, are there ways to significantly change those horrible feelings of numbness? Absolutely. There are, there's over 30,000 published studies, published studies, not, not related to uh, drugs that mask the symptoms of published studies that show nerves are capable of healing and repairing, but you have to give them the right environment and nerves are extremely sensitive. So if you give the nerves the right environment, they can heal and repair. And again, we have an 85 to 90% success rate in helping significantly reduce the symptoms related to neuropathy. It's really rewarding because neuropathy is one of those situations where people really start to lose hope. Uh, that they can get better and they really are told that there's nothing that can be done about it and we kind of take a little bit of a a little bit of pride that we're able to prove that wrong in most cases again david morris with magnolia medical now with that neuropathy uh, often comes if left untreated uh, your hand your foot whatever part of your body it is it'll start to become more weak in time if you do nothing about it i mean as far as the muscle being used so how do you go about tackling that issue? That's We have a rehab department. If we can get the nerves functioning again, then we work at redeveloping and, and growing back muscles. You know, your muscles are meant to grow, but it takes the work. You have to actually, you know, there's, there's, and when it comes to healing the body, it certainly takes putting in some effort. You know, when somebody has neuropathy, the most common things are they're putting on some uh, medication like gabapentin or neurontin or Lyrica that do a zero. I mean, I'm not saying that people that are suffering aren't take, that are that are taking those medications aren't getting some relief, but it does nothing to fix the problem. And they're even told the problem is going to get worse over time. And so if we can get those nerves to heal and repair, then the body can actually, they can get off those medications. And those medications are brain medications fundamentally. So it, it's important to us to help in the cognitive portion of that disease as well. And we're really excited that we can do that in a lot of cases. So for someone who's never experienced ongoing neuropathy, and you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who do have that issue, you have diabetics, then you have a number of other issues, but is it similar to that feeling that we get if our foot is in the same position too long and it falls asleep and you start to get that tingling numbness type feeling, you stand up and you can't stand up. Is it that type of feeling that people have? That It is that way. It can start off pretty mild where you feel like something's just asleep a little bit. There's a little bit of tingling to it, but the, it gets to a point where it is debilitating. People can't drive anymore. They can't feel the pedal in the car. They can't stand a sheet on their bed to touch their feet so they lo they're losing sleep it is one of the most debilitating 
problems that we have over time because the nerves continue to die unless something's done to rectify that. They get worse and worse and they really, people really lose their independence. And there's also blood flow that can be affected. So then, especially in like a diabetic neuropathy, there's risk of amputations and losing toes and gangrene and things like that. So neuropathy is extremely, um, it really impacts somebody's quality of life in a big way. It can be, it definitely starts off with that feeling like you were talking about, but it can develop sometimes rather rapidly into something much worse and very debilitating. So it, it can get very serious very quickly if you totally leave it alone, ignore it, don't do anything about it. It can. Most The fortunate thing is most people, it doesn't happen that quickly. It takes, it does progress over time, but some people it does progress very quickly, depending on the cause. There's a hundred known causes, over a hundred known causes to neuropathy. Chemotherapy, you mentioned diabetes, there's autoimmune issues, there's lots of different ways somebody can develop neuropathy, and depending on the cause, has a big impact on the how fast it develops. Again, David Morris with Magnolia Medical, and we're already out of time, so for those who are listening this morning where can they find you where can they set an appointment well we're at magnolia medical center we're over near the hospital and behind mmc uh we're magnolia medical we're, we're in the ascend federal credit building we do have uh if somebody's interested we have a workshop tonight at six o'clock at Mimi's, they would have to call the office 615-225-9100 to reserve a seat. So we are having a workshop tonight about neuropathy if somebody's interested in about that. But they can call the office if they have pain. Uh, again, the phone number to the office is 615-225-9100. And we're on the internet too at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. So that meeting again tonight at Mimi's Cafe is gonna focus on neuropathy, things you can do to make it better, to heal from it. And uh, is there any other event coming up that people, in case they miss the one tonight, they can learn more? Sure. We, we definitely want to educate the public. We want to help people. Even if they didn't come to see us, the education component of knowing about their problem is important. We want to educate them. We do have a workshop, again, on Thursday. I'm not sure if there's any seats left for that, but they're certainly willing to call the office. If somebody wants to find out about it more, they can call the office to see if there's any seats left for the lunch workshop we're having in neuropathy on Thursday. And, and those aren't the only ones. We'll have more in the future. And again, that phone number? 615-225-9100. Sounds good. Again, David Morris with Magnolia Medical right here in town. And David, thank you for joining us. Scott, appreciate you guys having me. Time right now, 901 Local News is next with WGNS's Ron Jordan. You're tuned in to WGNS Murfreesboro.